to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yachts. This is episode 22, and I have an interview for you. It is with the preeminent journalist in professional wrestling. I am talking about none other than Dave Meltzer, who has been writing the Wrestling Observer newsletter for over 30 years. You can also find him on figure4wrestlingonline.com. So, enjoy. Okay, I am here with Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer and Figure Four Online. Dave, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, anytime. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. So, we are talking about Kazuchika Okada versus Kenny Omega and... First question I have is, how far back did they know they were going to make uh, Okada, the guy in the company? Did they know he was going to succeed um, Tanahashi? Um, I The first I heard was before the Tokyo Dome show where he returned. Um, so that would be what, late 2011, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think that, I mean, Ghetto probably knew before that, but that was what I first heard was late 2011 that, that he was, it wasn't so much they were going to build the company around him, but that he was going to come back and he was going to win the, uh, IWGP title right away. And they were going to give him the monster push. So he was definitely groomed by, he, he was certainly being groomed to be the top star by, um, late 2011 and and probably earlier than that so he already had it in his mind even while he was in TNA that he was going to be that he was going to be that guy that I he, believe that they so. were gonna... I believe so I think because of his height and his look and his athletic ability I think that they thought that uh um they saw something in him and they were right because he delivered um yeah. it was it was quite the risk I mean, people have done that before. WWE did that with Roman Reigns, like the first time. I remember the first time I saw Roman Reigns in developmental, and and uh, I said, like, he's he's very impressive looking. And they said he's the guy we're building around. And with Dwayne Johnson, I mean, they, you know, WWE saw that the first week he did dark matches. There's some people in WWE. I can't say everyone, but but some people did. So it's not that unusual. And and I do remember when before he went on his excursion. When I would see Okada, I thought that, you know, he was going to be, because he was young and he was really athletic mm. and tall and everything, I thought that he was going to be a major player. I mean, um, I can't say, like, I thought he was going to be what he turned out to be. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. But but um, but I absolutely, like, when he was, you know, even, like, 1920 when I first saw him, um, I and, uh, you know, I, I even in Mexico, for that matter, when I think I saw him there, where I thought, like, he's, he's going to be something, you know, by the time he's 25, 26, 27. Wow. And they did nothing with him in TNA. <laughs> nothing. Oh, I was furious the whole time he was in TNA because it was like, God, you know, it's like, like I didn't know he was going to be this Hall of Fame Okada, but I knew that he was going to be a major star and I knew that he had it, you know, because, and, and they, you know, they, they did nothing with him, but they did, they had Tanahashi, they had Nakamura, they had Naito, they had that whole relationship and did nothing that you really could see the difference with, um, really like delirious um, and the way he was able to use the new Japan guys and compared to TNA. And that's probably one of the reasons that 
unfortunately for this TNA management that that you know they never could make a deal with New Japan because New Japan had that mentality that like you know that the old management was clueless when it came to foreign talent they didn't follow it they didn't care you know and this management was um, the Ring of Honor management like fully knew who everybody was and knew how to use them yeah I mean it's it's sad um, so so moving on to uh, Kenny Omega I, I wonder talk so in 2016 I mean that was really his year I mean he won the G1 and did they this kind of sounds like I just asked that question but did he um, did they know in 2016 that they were gonna make him that guy or was that a result? of AJ Styles and all the guys leaving. He got his shot because AJ Styles left and they needed somebody in the AJ Styles spot. Um, mm-hmm. So I I don't know what they were thinking the year before when he was junior heavyweight champion, mm-hmm. if they were eventually going to go in that direction where um, Omega would come in and turn AJ babyface, because that makes perfect sense as a booking idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I never heard they were going to do that. I just know that. When AJ left, you know, Omega was, I mean, again, he was like a mid-card junior heavyweight guy who who had really good matches and he was obviously very, very talented. But I didn't see, I mean, I was surprised when they made him the guy at first. Um, mm. You know, when when uh, after a couple of months in that position, I it was pretty obvious he was so, such a talent. But um and I mean, he'd been a great talent before that's, but, but, but you never saw him in a, in, in a promotion of that size in those um, in that position. Cause he'd never had it before and, and saw how, how he, um, you know, ended up in that, you know, how he, how well he did in that position. So he wouldn't have known, but yeah, um, yeah the uh, um, I, I, I don't, I don't know what ghetto's ideas were before AJ left. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so let's um, let's get to the first match, um, the one at the Tokyo Dome. I I think this is just an amazing match. I watched it like five times before you know doing my um, my coverage on it, and it's just it, it still holds up well today. I mean, the part where uh, the red ink, where he's just like crawling for that rope, the table spot. Um, never really hitting the one-winged angel, but them teasing it. I, I mean, it was just such... And he kicks out of the Rainmaker at a point in the match where you thought that was the end of the match. W- what did you think of this match? Well, it's, it's... I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember when I thought... When, when the match was over, I thought that it was one of the three or four best matches I'd ever seen in my life. And I went in um, by the point... Because of the the nature of, of the the matches that he won in or that he had in the G one with Goto and Naito, especially the last two days, especially the um, and the promo that he did, which was really I think the key, he completely had by this point he had established himself that he was one of the real premier all around ta- talents in the business, mm. and the, with the Tokyo Dome, I mean, we didn't know what the result was going to be. Um, you know, I didn't know what, what, what was, you know, as far. So, so that was fun for me, not knowing where it was going. Mm. Um, so the near falls meant something, but when it was over, um, I, I remember, so they, that was the, like 
48 minute match, I think, right? Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I remember it about 35, 38 minutes in thinking like, wow, this is, you know, one of the best matches I've ever seen. And then it just kept getting better. They were, they were, they're really good at being able to do long matches and, and have the match continue to get better for a lot of people. If you go past 15, 18, um, you're taking a risk that you lose the momentum. And these two guys, I mean, in, in every one of their matches, I never saw that, a moment of that where it was like, oh, you know, they, they, it's time to go home. You know what I mean? And, and they overstayed their welcome. Um, so, and yeah, I thought that match was incredible. And um, yeah, it was the step one to this, you know, one of the great rivalries of all time. Did you think that Omega should have won at the time? I didn't have a strong feeling in that one. Um, I thought it would have been, I, I, I think in the back of my mind, I kind of expected him to win. I would say, I think it was better that he didn't when I look back at hindsight, Yeah. but, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I, at the, at the time I wasn't when it was over, I, 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 I didn't have the thing like, oh, it's a great match, but the wrong guy won. I didn't have that feeling. I thought that this match is great, and I can't wait to see them again. And someday he will win, and mm. and that's cool. And I was in I was in no rush for it either. But um, I mean, the one thing about that the thing about that match was is is when it was over, it was like um, it probably won't be right away, but they are going to do a rematch. And I pity those two guys for having to try to live <laughs> up to this because I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, I thought that the legend of the first match was so big and the content of the first match was so big that it was almost like, you know, what are you going to do to top it? I mean, they did, but at the time I thought like, I was, I was worried. I I mean, it's like, I knew there was gonna be another match. I knew it would be a great match, but then I thought, but how can they equal the legend of this match? Because it was, it was so great. Yeah, no, that, that's how I felt too. Cause I was like, it was so good. And it's like, how are they? Yeah, how are they going to live up to it? I mean, you look at the um, Taker and uh, and Sean. They had that great match. And then the next year, it was great too, but not as good. Whereas this match, the second match, surpassed the first match, which you rarely see. Yeah, I thought I thought it, 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 it did surpass. I definitely thought it surpassed the first match. Um, and there was a lot of cool elements in the second match. Um, the second match now the second match uh when it was over i thought was the the best wrestling match i'd ever seen but yeah i remember you saying that but at the time but i, I but i okay i'll just i'll leave it at that we'll talk about the other matches later okay what one thing i wanted to ask going back to the, the last question about the first match is was there a moment that told you that this match was going to break the six stars it was was, was going to be six stars um, probably a little bit after 38 minutes. I remember the 38 minute mark when it was just like, this is one of the best matches I've ever seen. And then, you know, it was kind of like, this is better than a five-star match. What am I going to do? So, so I, I would say I, I would have started thinking about it at the 38 minute mark. I remember that it was right, right around then. Cool. Um, all right. So let's move on to the second match. Um, now at this point before this, Shibata in Okada had that like amazing match, and that ended up unfortunately being the end of his career. Shibata's career, and, yeah. And then uh, Suzuki had they had the 
they had one in, I think, in, in February. Shibata was in uh, April. So now they come back to this match. I don't know if they intended to come back to this match so soon. But like you said, they're taking a risk, having it not be compared to the first one. And people being disappointed, being like, well, you know, it might not have been as good as the, the first one. What, what did you think of this, the, the second match, now that we're at that point? Yeah, I, I thought the second match beat the first match. And the second match, when it was over, like the first match, it was, this is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. And like I said, top three, probably. The second mm. match was, okay, this is the greatest match I've ever seen. It was better than the first. And it was better than, you know, whatever, you know, Misawa Kawada matches or Misawa Kobashi matches. Um, and I believe it was, no, you know what? It was not. It was the first, it was after the first Tokyo Dome match. The first thing I did, I remember like the, the, the next day was watch like the real famous Misawa Kawada match from, I think, 94. Because mm. I wanted to see like, when I say this is one of the greatest matches of all time, I wanted to go back to a match that at that point in time, most people that I knew viewed that match as the greatest of all time with the Misawa Kawada match. So I watched it, and they're very different matches, and they're both yes, they're both fantastic. But when it was over, it was like, okay, which match is better? And it was like, I thought Okada and Omega had more depth to the story. I mean, Misawa Kawada was stiffer and and had a more of a sports feel, but I thought that like. I, I could say that Omega Okada was every bit as good. I mean, it was, it was, um, so I thought that the six star thing was worthy uh, for sure. Uh, maybe, maybe even, I thought overall even slightly better. So um, I, I wanted to make sure that it was, you know, um, equivalent, so to speak, of, 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 of the greatest, you know, one of the greatest of all time. I did that when uh, Omega and, uh, Omega and uh, Adam Page wrestled the Young Bucks. I mean, the first thing I did was watch, you know, one of those All Japan tags, and then I watched the Midnight Express Fantastics, um, you know, because it was like, look, if I'm going to say this is the best tag, I better watch these other two tag matches that I would consider, like, the best in their respective styles. And so when that was over, then I could go, yes, this was this was at that level, if not better. Hmm. The only thing, the only gripe I have with this match personally is when uh, the Bullet Club comes out and Okada has just hit the Rainmaker and he's about to hit the other one and he just like stops in the middle of the match <laughs> to like watch the watch them. And I'm just kind of like, why didn't you just keep going with it? Yeah. What, what, what do you think about that? I don't remember that specific spot so well. Um, so um, I, I don't know. I just remember in this match mm. at First, so the first couple of minutes of this match, my because they started sort of somewhat, I wouldn't say slow, but it was just it was just there. And they were in Osaka. I remember that. And uh, I was thinking, you know, they're going to have a great. I mean, I knew they were going to have a great match. You know, they're too talented. And Okada had a string of great matches and, and sort of Omega. So it's like, I know they're going to have a great match, but but they got a lot to live up to. And the first couple of minutes, it's like, mm, this is going to be a great match, but it's not going to be like the first one, you know, it's just like, it's, it's not. And, and, and I was thinking like, it's all these people are, are tuning in to watch the greatest match of all time. And they're just going to see a great match. So, so in the first few minutes, then as it got going, I just remember, you know, like 20 minutes in going, like they're going too fast. Cause, cause 60 minutes was very much in my mind, 
for the result of this match when 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 they did it because they didn't i don't remember if they'd done a 60 minute match in a long time i think it'd been years but i do remember with, yeah. with the osaka match going in i thought okay these guys have great great stamina and i would do a 60 minute draw because that's like in the old days that's like the legendary thing that the two top workers would do one you know like jack briscoe and dory funk jr or whatever's player in steamboat you do the 60 minute match because that's like this thing that separates the men from the boys or whatever. So I actually thought going into Osaka that it's either an Omega win or a 60 minute draw. And I would have done the 60 minute draw. So about 20 minutes in, I'm thinking, okay, they're going too fast. They can't do 60 minutes and 40 minutes in. It's like, they've done everything they can. Yeah. They can't keep this momentum up for 60 minutes, but this is as good a match as the first one. And then they went 60 and it was even better. So that was you know, like my thoughts on, on watching that one live. Like one of my favorite spots is when he finally hits the one winged angel, but it's so close to the rope. Right. He's got his foot right on the rope. So he didn't technically kick out of it. He yeah. just kind of got saved at like right at the buzzer. Right. That's fantastic. Because, yeah. because that was the spot because he didn't do it in the first match. I mean, that's what's so brilliant about this, this, this stuff is that like, when you look back, um, you can tell that, and they, you know what? And they never did do, because they were still going to come back and do the Madison Square Garden match. So they, they, they never did, you know, I, they never really did the all out last match of the series. We had a last match of the series and, and, you know, it's probably going to be a long time before you have another one. And, and the bad part is, is that by the time we do, um, they mo- they may both be beat up to the point where they can't top the, 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 the real famous one in Osaka, but, um, or the best one in Osaka, I would say they're all real famous, but, um, so, you know, it's, it's, but, but in hindsight, you can see that they were absolutely thinking of a series in match one. Like they did not like when match one was over, it was like, there's still stuff left. You know, they didn't do everything they yeah. could. Like a lot of times you'll watch two guys and they do every single thing they can come up with. And, 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 you know, what are they going to do next? And this wasn't it. And then in the second match, um, you know, they gave you the one wing angel, but they didn't give you the kick out and, but it wasn't the end of the match either, but they didn't give you the Omega win either. So I thought that that was, that was really well done. Yeah. Yeah, no. And then when he finally, you know, he hits the rainmaker, but like he's crawling for, for the pen and the timer just runs right out. Yeah. So great. Yeah. Yeah. And they hit their cue perfectly. Yeah. That was an amazing match. I've seen a lot of 60 minute it is. I've seen a lot of 60 minute matches with great wrestlers and and that was better than any of them. Yeah. And, and then um and then um Omega collapsing, which they bring back to the uh the last match. Right that that callback to it yeah that was um, that, that, right, was, so that was brilliant at the time because that one i remember when that everybody talked about that spot the next day that was like of all the things in that match that was like the one that everyone like uh because they'd never seen it in the way it was done and they didn't see it coming yeah no it, 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 you rarely see that they rarely bring in like fatigue like that you'll see that a little bit with like a tanahashi match but in the states they like you know like oh no he's he's revived he's alive you right know? right and right he, right it's a different did. kind of mentality of of the match yeah yeah 
Okay, so moving on to the third match. Now, this is the, the end of the G1, the B block. And this one's just as good in some ways. It's a different match because they only had 30 minutes and they got it done in like 23, 26. What, what did you think of this match? I mean, because it was different and they had to go fast and they went fast. And I know that Omega has, has said to me that he thinks that for a non-fan, if you were going to show them a mm-hmm. match, this would be the one because he thinks that the other matches are for the hardcore fan, if you know what I mean, or the, the someone who watches the whole yeah. series. If you, but but that they might be too long for someone who is not a wrestling fan. But he would be proud in, in the sense of if you showed this to a non-fan. And I mean, the thing about this is this match because of the being shorter, and and the legend of the other matches, they had to do a great match, which they did. But it was it was so explosive, like you could see like a level. I think the level of athleticism, as opposed to storytelling, was the highest in this match. The storytelling was obviously the highest in in the last match. Um, but but. This was the one where you just saw, okay, you know, we're going to do, we're going to show you how great athletes we are. Yeah. And and they had, and he finally, he hits the cries wrath, which, you know, he hasn't done in a long time. It's such a, such an amazing match. There's not a lot specific that I would point to. I mean, finally he hits the one winged angel. He pins Okada. And, you know, everybody was kind of waiting for that. Some of us thought maybe they might do a draw. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I thought. But, it, you know, it was weird. I think that um, the key was in this one was if Omega beat Okada, he didn't have to win the G1. If he didn't beat Okada, mm-hmm. it's kind of like and he didn't win the G1. It's like, you know, he was just a guy in the G1. You know what I mean? This way, yeah. I just thought um, it's like it's like you know he accomplished something as big or bigger than winning the G one because he beat Okada and and also the other thing was is it was, was when it was over is just like okay now now he's got the win but he didn't beat him for the championship so now it's yeah. like that was a perfect setup um, you know uh, you know logically because it's like okay we have seen. This series is now one, one, and one, but Omega has never beaten Okada to win the IWGP title, which was the the next step. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, so like at this point, like the next thing that happens is as Jericho comes into New Japan, was him coming in a direct result at all from these matches? Yeah, I mean, I guess I mean like the deal with Jericho coming in was um it was it was a combination of things but the main thing was is that jericho's really good friends with don Callis, and um don Callis at the time was was announcing new japan and he saw this uh, opportunity for a match and he was also friends with omega he saw this opportunity for a match and he knew jericho was legally able to do this jericho at the time his mentality was that you know, he would never wrestle outside WWE. I mean, he told me that, you know, on a few occasions, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, he's not, was never going to wrestle like full time forever. Um, his, his, his more, more into rock than into the wrestling. And, um, but, but if he's going to wrestle to be with WWE, anything else he felt would be lowering himself. And then I think Callis convinced him. It's like, this is, uh, 
this is a different a different thing. But it was absolutely because of these matches that made Kenny Omega star, where Jericho could go and see I'm I'm taking a step up. I'm not taking a step down by wrestling for New Japan and and wrestling Kenny Omega, and really the Omega Jericho match, um, which stems absolutely directly stems from the Omega Okada series. The Omega Jericho match. I think when we look back hindsight historically in 10 years, we're going to look back and go that that was the most important pro wrestling match since, I don't know, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, maybe, or something like that, or, or, or Hogan yeah. and Andre. But um, just because of, I mean, there would be no, I, I, without that match, I don't think there's an AEW. Um, and even if there, and without that match, I don't think New Japan becomes anywhere near as popular in the United States as it, as it became. Hmm. Do did he ever say what, what was the thing that that made Jericho like finally give up on that idea of g- competing against Vince McMahon? Was there something? Was it was it the thing at WrestleMania when he was put second on the card? No, I don't think it was that. I think it was just an opportunity of um, doing something really, really big, um, and 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 uh, you know, Callis sold it to him that it would be something really great for him. And also what Jericho told me was that they had just done uh, Mayweather and McGregor and it did that giant business. And his mentality was it did this business because it was like these two things from different worlds that you would never see and you never expected to see, but there it was. And his thought was that, okay, it's like, there's this buzz around Omega and Okada as well, but Omega in, in the United States but nobody ever expected like Omega was going to wrestle anyone that was a WWE superstar. You know what I mean? It was like, um, and, and it's like, I think at some point, you know, somebody at some point was going to get mad at Vince and they would probably put him, you know, with Omega in in Japan and everything like that. But, but Jericho was uh, really smart at building it up. He was a great promo and all that, but, but it was um, McGregor and, um, and Mayweather um that and and just drawing all that where it was kind of like you know he could do that when worlds collide thing with with you know wwf against new japan with a guy who i mean even though jericho was never the top top guy or certainly wasn't the time in in wwe he was an established major star but he had the ability through talking and understanding how to do angles better than anyone in wwe so it, 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 you know, it's like once he kind of got away from the mentality Vince had that you're over 40 and, and now your job is to put everybody else over it, it taken away from that and going back and, and, and just having the freedom to do, to be a top guy. He, he showed he was a top guy. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I noticed right away when he came, he felt like such a huge star as opposed to in WWE where he just feels like this, bottom of the card guy i would say bo- never- i would never call him bottom of the card but he was a guy who was he absolutely was yeah. a guy at that stage in his career whose role was is okay um i got guy i got younger guys uh i want to get them over jericho you're really good at getting people over you can work a program with them that people will care about and then put them over at the end i mean that's what jericho's role was and i could get it because you know you look at the number and and you figure jericho you know, some of these guys are maybe 30, 35, and Jericho's 40, whatever it was, 46, 47. 
and you just kind of go like that's that's your role at that stage of your career and you know it was wrong we were all wrong but but um I, I like I wouldn't blame Vince on that but but when he left it was like he was a fresh coat of paint he was not that guy who was putting over you know just putting over guys in in WWE yeah, he changed. He changed his look, his style. He just he came off so different. Um, well, that was, that was part of it was to, that it was the name Chris Jericho, but it was a new Chris Jericho. I think that was a big key to it too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you think Naito should have defeated Okada at the at the dome at that time? I mean, I did that night. Yeah, I don't that know night. Me. Yes, but in hindsight, no. I I I I when it was over. Like, like when I look back at that year that followed, it's like, okay, you know, get smarter than me when it comes to this booking stuff, because yes, I would have gone with, I, I would have gone with Naito. I thought it was the right time for Naito. Um, when Naito didn't win, I thought it was a mistake. And then when, with the hindsight of looking back a year, it was like, it wasn't a mistake because we got a great year that we wouldn't have had if Naito would have won. I mean, there, you know, Okada got to set the records. He got to have that match with Omega. You know what I mean? It was just, they had better things. What they had planned for Okada that year was superior to anything that they could have done that year with with Naito, even though at that moment it was the perfect time to put Naito over. It was like, but when you look up, when you look forward a year, the reality is, is that Okada would have been, was a better champion for that year than Naito would have been. Does does Gato does he did he have it planned out that long that that Omega was going to be champion at Dominion a year a year ahead? I mean or? I don't know exactly, but generally he's two years he's two years in front when it comes to booking. So uh, so, so pro- so probably in Jan I, mean, I would say in January he did. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure in January he and the reason Okada won I'm sure is he had the whole thing of. You do the record-setting match with Tanahashi. Tanahashi defending his record against the guy, you know, the guy, the other guy, which was a great storyline, you know, because using records that nobody ever did yeah. in wrestling, and 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 everything. Um, and then you go in there with the big two out of three fall, no time limit match in Osaka, which only those guys could have done. Um, and and you know, after after that, then you know, you got other things, you know, and by then. It's like then you've got Omega with Kota Ibushi, which never fully materialized, but but that was on the agenda. Yeah. Um, you know, the more the you know Omega Okada in Madison Square Garden was on the agenda. I mean, it was that wasn't you know. I mean, everything that happened needed that Osaka match to to make it happen. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the uh, the final match. Yeah, the two out of three falls, no time limit, which was the best thing to do because. They'd done everything right, else. Right. You, they, you, you, I mean, you, you, you had to do something. The no time limit was the key because they'd seen the 60. But the problem with the two out of three no time limit is, is that they had to go. I thought mentally going in that they had to go at least 50 to 55 minutes and preferably 60. And that's asking a lot. But the three falls did give them a lot of latitude with storytelling that, that, they didn't have with the previous matches two, two out of three as a general rule in this day and age is probably a detriment. But in this case, this, in this case, because of the nature of the feud, it was a positive because you could get the two falls in. Um, so the 60 doesn't feel quite as long. 
Mm. I mean, I just remember how Okada beat him in the first fall. You know, he does like that little trap right. pin. And then they set that up again, like on almost making it sound like he's going to beat him again with that same move. And it was a, it was a great hope spot in, in some ways. It's like when you saw him get out of that, you were like, OK, all right. Oh, you know, I mean, you had to have known that Kenny was going to win at this point. It's like, OK, it's been two years. He has to lose to somebody. I, I, I would say that I was very, very invested in this. And I thought that there was a very good chance that he was going to win. But the nature of ghetto and everything is that you can't be sure. I certainly wasn't sure. I mean, I didn't know the outcome. I wasn't sure. I remember I did not watch it live. I watched it first thing, uh, me and a bunch of friends. I decided we're going to come in. We're going to get up at, at 7 in the morning. Uh, we're going to stay up all night. We're going to get up at 7 in the morning. We're all going to come over. Um, and we're turning off all our phones. So nobody's going to ruin this thing for us. And we watched, you know, I watched this with a big group of people, pretty big group of people. And I just remember, like, it was just hilarious because I thought this thing was like a six-star match at, at the end of the first fall. I go, this is like a six-star match. And now now we got to do some more falls. The first fall was unbelievably great. And, um yeah, it was like, I thought the first fall was like six stars. The second fall was like five stars. I mean, if they were just individual matches, it was just ridiculous how good this match was. Yeah, it was like a 15-star <laughs> match. It was it, 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 perfect. It's such it's such a great match. And they bring back the collapsing from the last match where now it's Okada that can't, uh, that's right. collapsing. He can't, he can't hit the Rainmaker. And I thought that was such... It was such good storytelling that you just don't get there very much. There were so many today. things. The, the, the other thing have... with that match was that when I watched it a second time, I picked up so much that I didn't pick up the first time, which tells you the depth of the thought that went in that match. I mean, that's the one thing with, with these matches is like, I think what people, I think people rightfully credit them for great moves and they rightfully credit them for being in great, great condition and, and great athletes. But I don't think that they get credited as much as they should for the depth of storytelling. I think people even know that it's great storytelling, but the depth of storytelling, like I watched, you know, Funk Briscoe and Flair Steamboat and, and, and they're fantastic in their day, but the depth of storytelling is nowhere in the league of these matches. I mean, it's great in their storytelling, very good storytelling, great storytelling in those matches. But but this was a different level. You know, those there's so many little things in in this match yeah. that that you you know notices. And and again, it's a great match if you've never seen the other matches. But if you've seen all the matches in this in this building up to it, it's even greater. Because some people would like watch this, and you know, oh yeah, it's a great match and everything like this. But it's like if you haven't seen all the other matches and also lived in the time because it like, they didn't rush yeah. these four matches. This goes over a period of years. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Two year right. Period. It's, it's yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like that whole thing of, um, you know, and, 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 and also it was still, you know, at the time when it was over, it was just another chapter. I mean, it was the greatest of all of them. But when it was over, it's like, mm. okay, um, now, uh, oh, you know, now Okada's got to come for revenge. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because there's after that, they did the whole uh, year long, well, not year, like six month storyline of him kind of losing his mind and <laughs> having the balloons and everything and just like not knowing who right, he was right. anymore. I, I mean, this match is so good. I, it's amazing that you'll meet fans who just don't appreciate it, and they get they well, kind I of resent a, it. I think, I think there's a resentment but, of the idea that something can be, and we we all have that. I mean, I mean, look, I I, I always tell the story um, when I was in my early twenties um, or twenty, actually like twenty twenty one. Um, and there were two things that happened. I'd grown up on San Francisco wrestling and we had, you know, when I was a kid because of Ray Stevens and Pat Patterson um, and, and Rocky Johnson as well, we had, um, I wouldn't say the best wrestling in, in the United States because Florida was better, but we had some of the best wrestling in the United States mm. in the early seventies. And it's kind of like, okay, this is like, you know, these guys and Jack Briscoe and Dory Jr. And, Terry Funk and these guys, like these are the best. And it became uh race was another one. It became one of those things where these are the best. And then I saw Randy Savage and Jaguar Yakota. And it was like, Randy Savage was so much more, he could do so many more things in the ring when he was young. This is not the WWF Randy Savage. He was also great. Don't get me wrong. But, um, but he could do things like the elbow off the top, you know, when he really was flying and it was like, wait a minute, you know, mm. he's, this is better than Ray Stevens. And it was almost like I, you had this mental thing trying to tell you, oh, there's a reason it's not as good. Um, but it really was. And with Jaguar, you know, it was even more, yeah. it was just like, she's a woman. Come on. She can't be this good because you're taught women in wrestling are, are mediocre at best. Right. And then you see this woman who's not. Yeah. Okay, so she's really good, but it's like, wait a minute, she's better than like every guy. What the hell? So, so I, I get, I, I lived through that when I was a kid, and then I kind of, um, and I was actually Terry Funk, who was just like, um, would 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 tell me, and it's not about Randy, but about um, ja and you know, not even just Jaguar, but the Japanese women, and he just goes, no, they're better than us, you know, and I was like, okay, well, if you say that, who's like as good a wrestler as there is, you say they're better than us then I guess I better watch it and I better not just go in there with this attitude of this is why they're 120 pound women. It doesn't count. Right. 130 pound women, you know, pro wrestlers yeah. should be 220 pounds. So this stuff doesn't even count. I can't accept it. Um, you know, I, I can't accept what I'm seeing. And Terry Funk was like, no, they're better. And then when you open your mind and go, okay, you know, quit, quit, quit trying to defend your, your, your past and your pre prejudices um, it really opens you up. And, and other people are like that. You grow up with Shawn Michaels is the greatest wrestler. And then all of a sudden you see someone who's blowing away Shawn Michaels. And it's just like, you don't want to accept it. You don't want to hear about Kabashi. You don't want to hear about uh, Tanahashi. Um, you know what I mean? You just don't want it because it's your childhood. You don't want to think someone surpassed the, the super worker of your childhood. Yeah, no, I mean, I, and I think that's part of uh, the criticism Omega gets, because he seems well, to get it from there's, the there's, older there's, generation. There's, there's that. There's that for sure. The old, you know, and, and you know what, Flair was this, you know, I the thing is, is, is that, like, I lived through the, the Flair coming up and Steamboat coming up. So I saw it already. 
So I know what this stuff is, you know, and it's like I tell people and and some of them get it. A lot of the wrestlers get it, you know, which is interesting. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of wrestlers go, you know, I'm glad you're explaining this because when when I get to be 50, I don't want to be that guy who's telling us that we don't know what we're doing when we're when 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 it's working. But, you know, it's hard for fans, yeah. you know, and especially older fans who want the good old days, not realizing that, you know, the good old days are now, <laughs> you know, well, not, not now because the pandemic yeah. screwed it up. But but up until March, the good old days were now. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like, why are you upset? I mean, we get to see these matches. What What's the problem here? And I think part of the problem is. They feel excluded because they didn't there's, see there, it there's, first. There, something is, like there that. is that you don't want to be late on it, so you you um, yeah yeah. I I think there's that. I think that there's all and there's also the enabling of people out there um, who you know try to tell other people that it this it it, it really stinks and these guys don't know what they're doing and and cry um, no psychology with no concept whatsoever what that word means it becomes it becomes a great but i mean yeah. which is the funniest part there's no storytelling there's no psychology it's all high spots without without under understanding any of those terms and also not actually seeing those matches because how many times from from, from people who have have been negative towards those matches they'll tell you it's all high spots and it's no psychology going like and 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 i'm going like when it comes to psychology this is like the greatest match of all time by far, it blows away freaking, you know. And and again, I grew up with Flair and Steamboat's all high spots, no psychology stuff. So I'm used to it, you know. I mean, that was from the 70s. You know, by the by the late 80s, you know, people were accepting it because they'd been around for long enough. And 10 years from now, people will look back from this generation and, and probably not accept the next incarnation and think that nobody could top, you know, Flair and Steamboat. Just like the, there's that generation that wouldn't wouldn't allow them to top Misawa and Kawada. You know, um, like it, it, it can't be better, even yeah. though from a depth of match perspective, it was better. It, they didn't hit harder um, and it didn't feel as much like a sport. But that was that a lot of that's the fans and it's just a different, you know, it's a different entertainment form than it was in the 90s. Um, you know, I mean, there's and there's there's, you know, if you want to miss that, I, I get it because um, the seriousness of those Triple Crown title matches was higher than the IWGP title matches. It just was because of the time and the place and the intensity of the crowd. And you can't get that back because it's, it's, it is a more entertainment oriented product. Mm -hmm. Mm. Do you think we'll see another uh, Omega Okada match? I'd like to say yes. I think that it could be gigantic. Um, you know, if, if done the right way. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I think so. I think we will. Um, it's hard, though, because New Japan and Omega had a bad falling out. And AEW and um, New Japan. I mean, but AEW and New Japan, you know, I know enough people on both sides who want a relationship to where I think that in the next year, I think that there may be something that happens. Um, you know, it's because it's it's yeah. it's it's uh, there, there's there's it's it's bad water. And stubbornness are the only thing that keeps it from happening, um, you know. With Omega, and with Omega, you know, it's it's there and everything. But I don't. I I I think that uh, I think I, I would hope that we would see it because there's there's you know 
Omega Bushi and Omega Kata have um, unfinished business in my mind. And both both stories still have plenty to tell. Yeah. I mean, that was the one thing. They did the triple threat match. They had Cody, Ibushi, and Omega, but it's not the same yeah, thing well, as like one-on-one. On one that's because they were building the towards token. it later. And then, you know, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. – I, I, my impression was that it was going to be Omega, Okada, and Madison Square Garden, and then Omega and Ibushi at the next, you know, the the 2020 Tokyo Dome, um, which, you know, I mean, they, they that didn't happen, unfortunately. Where would you do you think Omega Okada Five should be an AEW, or do you think it should happen in in New Japan at the Tokyo Dome? Um, I think it should be one in each. So I would say five in AEW and six at the Tokyo Dome or New Japan Madison Square Garden. But then that becomes a weird political thing because. I don't. I mean, I don't know that Tony Khan's going to want that match in the United States. You know, in fact, actually, the 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 perfect scenario is number five is in Madison Square Garden on an AEW show, and number six is at the Tokyo Dome. I think that's the perfect scenario. Yeah, I think I think that works too. Do, do you uh, do you have anything else to say about these matches? Like, what, what do you think the lasting effect? I mean, I don't know. You know, it, you know, as far as like that goes, um, I mean, it it definitely made both of them. Um, I mean, and, and they look, they were both going to be superstars and and Hall of Famers and everything like that anyway. But um, it elevated them, and um, you know, you you know, they both took each other to a level that. Um, Maybe a little ahead of what I mean. Look, Okada was taken to a level. Those, you know, Okada Tanahashi is one of the all-time great uh, series of matches as well. But, but um, you know, Omega is very, very different from Tanahashi. So Okada had to do very had to do completely different matches. So it it um, you know gave more ver- variety to his legendary championship run. And for Omega, look, it's the best opponent that he had. I mean. Coda and him, I think, have the potential to do as well or better. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, the one match they had athletically was 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 better, but they were younger and they weren't as experienced. And then the match that they had in G one, which was was on their level of of an Omega Okada mm-hmm. match, but they were you know as great as it was, they were holding back. That that was very much in their minds the first match of a multi match series. But we just didn't get the other matches, so I think that like the Omega Ibushi series, um, like I, I I believe it could be the same. There, you know what I mean, but they may have missed the peak because I mean when I watch Ibushi now, um, I I sense you know because you know he's thirty eight years old and and I sense that it has caught up to him. I mean he's still fantastic but I don't know if he's as good as he was a year ago or two years ago. I think that, you know, a year ago and two years ago, um, a year, you know, I think a year ago would have been the peak match between those two. And now time is going to catch up and, and it becomes harder. And uh, you know, it's too bad. It's too bad. The relationship, you know, when I look back, I was, I was there in Japan when the whole thing was going down, you know, with the, you know, AEW starting, um, 
January 2019. And um, New Japan just made the wrong calls. And it's too bad because it would have been the, the year of 2020 in wrestling would have been phenomenal um, because AEW did want to work with New Japan. Mm. And um, I know they had the MSG thing and, it, and that made it very difficult. It was from the New Japan standpoint, I get where they were coming from. It was very difficult politically, but um, still for, their, for them, I think that they made the wrong call. Well was it one man's decision to not work with AEW? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I mean, ultimately it's, it's Harold May. And, and so, so yeah, yeah I mean, I, a- I mean, I guess at the end, <laughs> at the end, if he goes to the meeting and goes, okay, we have a relationship with ring of honor. Uh, we don't want to screw ring of honor. We've got this MSG show and look, the AEW people know all about it, but we can, we can have a, a relationship as well and figure out a way to mutually help each other. And um, if, if Harold does that and goes, you know what, we want Kenny for Madison Square Garden um, and we want Kenny for, you know, the Tokyo Dome and, and for, you know, big shows all year. Um, they go in there and um, they could have, I, I think it would have been, it was the right move and, and it didn't happen. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Well, Dave, I want to say thank you oh. so much for doing this interview. Sure, I awesome. Really I had a great time. This, I'm I'm a longtime listener of the Observer and subscriber, and I just love what you and Brian wow. do. Thank you, thank you. It, it's wonderful. So, uh, with that, I will okay end thank this you. interview. Okay, I want to say thank you to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer for doing this interview. He answered all my questions. He gave me such great insight. I want to say thank you once again. This was such a highlight to get to interview Dave Meltzer. I've always wanted to to interview Dave Meltzer, and I got to do that today, and I am so thankful for that. And... I just want to say thank you once again. Now, if you are looking to read some of Dave Meltzer's work or hear Dave Meltzer, you can find him on figure4wrestlingonline.com. That's f4wonline.com. He has the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. They have archives of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. As I said, he's been doing this for over 30 years. So go over to that website to find those things. You can also contact Dave Meltzer at Dave Meltzer, W-O-N. That is his Twitter. That is his Twitter handle, which is once again at Dave Meltzer, W-O-N. So I want to say thank you for listening and I will see you next time on the D-M-F.